With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washett talking Nebraska basketball recruiting as... We kind of knew this. I mean, a year ago, we got a taste of it when Fred Hoiberg was hired with Matt Aldamazi, kind of the blueprint, the plan. And we joked that Robin's going to become the busiest recruiting writer on the Husker Online staff. And when the whole world is essentially shut down, the whole country, not basketball recruiting, as uh, Nebraska basketball adds Robin uh, what is to be another impressive transfer from Pitt. And there's potentially more news coming. Break us down on all, break down all the latest. Yeah, so last weekend on Saturday, uh, Trey McGowan's uh, sophomore, I guess two, junior to be, uh, point guard from Pittsburgh, um, announced he answered the transfer portal a couple weeks ago. And Nebraska um, immediately got involved, and um, they emerged as one of the front runners from the very start. That eventually ended up into a commitment to where, um, you know, right now he's a sit-out transfer, but uh, sounds like Nebraska's going to try and appeal for a waiver for him. But um, whenever he's eligible, I mean, he is a six-foot-four, upwards of 190-pound, big, athletic, explosive point guard that uh, really fits the perfect mold of what Fred Hoiberg wants at that point guard spot. Um, you know, he really thrives in transition. And one of the biggest reasons why he left Pittsburgh uh, was because of uh, pace of play. I mean, he didn't think that Pittsburgh's system was conducive to um, not only showcasing his skill sets, but allowing him to put himself in pos- uh, position to get to the next level. And, you know, a perfect example of that, Pitt ranked 308th in adjusted offensive tempo last year. Nebraska rated 16th. And so that was one of the major selling points. But more than anything, it was the connection with Matt Abdelmasi. Um, he recruited uh, Trey uh, when he was coming out of high school in 2018 to St. John's. And St. John's was probably number two on his list when all was said and done. So there was already an established relationship there. And with kind of the world being what it is and the inability to take visits or make in-person contact, it's about who do you know, who do you trust that ultimately is defining uh, guys' decisions right now. And so that got Nebraska, like I said, uh, in the door immediately, and it didn't take long for them to seal the deal. Now he's a sit-out, though? As of now, yes. But uh, when I interviewed him, he said that, I mean, he had a, like it was no-brainer that they were going to apply for a waiver. And I think part of that is that everybody is just kind of assuming that it's going to be chaos for the NCAA this offseason to where – waivers are going to be handed out like candy and so you know why not as long as you have a, a good compliance compartment that really yeah you know, and so knows. but i don't know what his case would be otherwise um i mean he left on his own terms there wasn't anything dramatic that led to his departure from pittsburgh he has no connection to nebraska and so you know i mean you know whatever his case would be normally i don't think it would be nearly strong enough but Given you know the kind of the, the way of the world right now, I think they're at least going to try and see if maybe they can capitalize on some leniency with the NCAA hardship waiver. Well, and we're, there's a chance too, Robin, that we could see a free one-time transfer rule go yes. into place here before the season starts. Well, that's going to be voted on in June, but most people 
assume that it's not going to be put into place until, until the, next year. the 2021 22 season so uh yeah i mean i don't think that'll impact him and you know that'll as we talked with matt abdomazi last week you know that'll kind of change up how they approach things but as of how it relates to trey mcgowan's it's it will not apply that's going to be freaking nuts oh yeah i mean yeah. it's already nuts but would you say it will the transfer movement will double with I mean, that rule here's the deal though it might and we're already talking about a transfer portal that has about 800 names right now and so like it's already crazy and now you're uh, eliminating the uh, inconsistency with the NCAA to where you're not trying to say, here's our case. We hope the NCAA will give us a, you know, a, a, a waiver where you got guys that are moving home to be with a sick parent that get denied a waiver. And you get a guy that's, you know, didn't get a starting job that does get a waiver. Like there's no rhyme or reason for how the NCAA operates. So as Fred Hoiberg says, if you're going to do it, make it a clean sweep across the board where everybody gets one free pass. And after that, then you have to sit out and you do it either where everybody has to sit out or everybody gets to play right away. Now, Robin, there's more coming now. I mean, they're not done here. What's the what's the next move to watch for Nebraska basketball? So they still have one open scholarship remaining for next season. And, uh, you know, I've been very vocal about my thought that that will go to Adama Sinogo, uh, the uh, center out of uh, Patrick's school out in New Jersey, four-star, top 50 player. Now, here's the one caveat with him is he's still technically a 2021 recruit. Everyone assumes that he will uh sooner than later reclass up to 2020 but the holdup there is you know again with this covid stuff he you know would normally need to take the sat he can't take the sat right now it's not being offered especially in his part of the country so uh will the ncaa be lenient and say you know uh, we're not going to keep you out of from going to college just because uh of something that's totally without or beyond your control uh if that happens which i assume it will um you know then he'll reclass to 2020 and right now i put nebraska right at the top of the board as the favorite to land his services. Now he's, he put out a top 10 a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, he's getting recruited heavily by the likes of Seton hall and Maryland, uh, and you know, some big time schools out East, but Nebraska again, has that relationship. Not only, you know, does uh, Nebraska staff know Adama well, personally, they know his camp well and his fan, and the, you know, the people around him well. And so I think that ultimately when all said and done will be the difference between those others. You're listening here to the Husker online show. Now, Robin, do you think the roster attrition is completely done now at Nebraska? Or is there still some more? I know you said there's just one spot left, but could another piece still move to open up event potentially another spot? Yeah, definitely could. Um, if you uh, read uh, John Rothstein's little thing where he was doing a thing on Fred Hoiberg's transfer uh, success so far, he said that Nebraska only brings back two players from last year's rotation. Thor and uh, Ivan. So that did not include Kevin Cross and a call a rope. Maybe that was just an oversight, or maybe he knows something that nobody else does. But as of now, as we're recording, neither player is in the transfer portal. Neither player has made a decision on what they're going to do. Uh, and I think right now everybody's just kind of in wait and see mode. They're trying to figure out what's going to happen just with everything. Um, you know, if if Nebraska is able to add another player, you know, maybe <laughs> things will naturally short it or sort itself out. But uh, you know, as things stand right now, um, they would be full, but I would not say the door is closed on that by any stretch. It's amazing just how fast things turn with a guy like Cross, Cam Mack. I mean, there were points where like, wow, these are two nice pieces mm -hmm. to build with that look like they're promising. And then obviously then by the end of the year, I mean, Cross would play one or two minutes in a game and, Foul, yeah. foul three times, take five shots, and be. I mean, it, 
it, yeah. it, it, it turned quickly on a guy like Cross. Yeah, obviously Cam had his his issues, but with Cross, it was just inconsistency. And I think you look ahead, um, probably the biggest concern with him going forward is that uh, you know there's just a lot more competition. He's not going to see the minutes he saw last year as a true freshman, and so. A lot of guys, that's hard to process. You know, you come in and have that big of a role right away in your very first season and then expect to have a reduced role off the bench as just kind of a rotation guy. Uh, that's you know, hard for guys to swallow. And especially in this era of just the transfer mentality, he'll have, if he were to transfer, he would have multiple opportunities to go play somewhere and play a lot. And that's just kind of the way guys uh, handle these these situations as opposed to taking a backseat. And I'm sure Fred and Matt are pretty good at telling guys that and, and saying, look, you know, like you, if you stay, your best case scenario is a couple minutes a game. Yeah, you have to. I mean, I think that's one of the things that when you operate uh, – in the transfer portal as much as they do, you have to be honest with guys. And because you won't have success for very long if you're feeding guys one story and then end up doing something else. So, uh, you know, that's something they're no strangers to. Uh, it's tough. And I know they don't like it, uh, especially Fred. I think it's probably the thing he likes least about uh, the college ranks. But um, in the end, you got to do not only what's best for you, but what's best for the kid. If the kid's not going to have an opportunity to play, you got to try to tell them you need to probably go somewhere else where you can. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to bring in Husker Online's uh, Grace Harmon, and we'll take your questions here in the mailbag next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.